0: What's up? Welcome in first edition of Snap and Sneaks, the best three man weaving podcast land. I'm your guy Sean Davis at SD Two Mics. Got the guys, my guys running the wing with me, Brian Crawford at B underscore Crawford four D, and Chris Kaysen at C four Dunk. This is our initial episode for the year of 2021 NBA season on the horizon, and we're going to talk start off talking this episode about the Chicago Bulls one preseason game in the bank and tell us what did you pull from that one preseason game if you can pull anything
1: i mean they definitely watchable again like i really you know what i'm saying like i haven't paid attention to the bulls i, I didn't pay attention to the bulls at all during the Ho- hoiberg era and none during the boiling era so that's what five years so i mean you know in that respect, they got my attention. You know, they got a lot of talent. Um, you know, they're going to be exciting as far as, like, you know, playing up-tempo, getting up and down the floor. And that's kind of what fans want to see. So, I mean, they're watchable, but I think, for me, that's kind of, that was, like, my initial takeaway from it is, you know, they're, they're a team that people will be paying attention to. So, I think that's good because, I mean, it's been a while since anybody paid attention to the Bulls for something, you know, for actually being good instead of just being really bad and having terrible coaches. So that was my initial takeaway from it.
0: Yeah, I guess we should welcome you to the viewing audience because you haven't watched Bulls basketball in like five years, right? Mm -hmm. It's better basketball out there. So I ain't got to watch it. Hey, I'm all for the league pass, especially right now. For real. For real. C4, what about you? Anything from that last night's game that jumped out immediately that made you say, you know, this is different?
2: Oh, well, one, it was against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and if it's any indication, it's going to be a long season for them, Lloyd uh and everybody. But, you know, they're in a different state that the Bulls are in. But like BC said, I think they'll be watchable again. And, you know, you can actually – fans will be – you don't have to – you know, throw those ticket packages together to get people to come to games. Now you actually have like some name recognition, you know, on the roster. Yeah. And that's talent. You know, I think I said it, um, you know, with the trade for Vooch and then the bringing Lonzo there and DeMar um, this offseason, they actually have like a legitimate point guard, a guy who can get, who can set people up, get guys easy buckets, can make a post-entry pass without any problem. So, I mean, it's, I'm not going to call them a complete team, but this is probably one of, would you say, like the best Bull teams outside of like the Jimmy Butler era? Bulls? It's only been like a like a few years, but like this is probably the best team. I would say like since that, what, 20? I think like I can't even think of the years anymore. But yeah, I mean, I'm just excited that, you know, fans have like reasons to watch Bulls games again. You know what? I don't even know if it's like the best team, but I think it is the
1: team that Bulls fans <clears throat> finally got that they've been wanting for for so long, and that's a name team. Yeah, you got a bunch of dudes, you got a bunch of name guys on there, and that's what Bulls fans have wanted for a while. So, you know, and in, in that respect there, which has been granted, so now it's just you know it's just a matter of putting
0: it all together on the court. Yep. It's amazing because I know BC, you mentioned in a tweet yesterday about the chicago connection that exists out there with the lakers and you know you look here on the chicago bulls it's an la connection it's either la or like ucla a lot of guys on this roster and it just goes to say like the way the nba landscape has changed like it's all about relationships and your guys and wanting to play with your guys rather than you know maybe wanting to compete against your guys and beat your guys Mark Eversley and Arturis Karnasovic, on the fly, how would you rate the job they've done kind of reconstructing this roster in the span of like maybe a year and a half to two years?
1: Uh, On the reconstruction side, I mean, i give them an A+. Plus. I mean, they basically flipped that roster over and, like, you know, they got a bunch of guys in there that can actually play. You know, you talk about. Lonzo Ball, you know, you got a uh, veteran in DeMar DeRozan, you got boots you know, big man who I love just, you know, because he is so skilled. Um, <clears throat> so, you, you know, you put all that together in terms of, like, you look at that roster from three years ago where it basically had, like, no talent to, so, like, what it has now. I mean, I think they did a great job of, you know, a great job of acquiring pieces that, you know, that are young and who can play. I mean, I think they got a I think it still probably skews more on the younger side, but I mean, they do have a lot of guys when there was some experience. So, I mean, you kind of need both.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I would have to give them an A as well. Just looking at, you know, when they both were, you know, when they both came to the team, the pieces that was here, the state of um, the organization and what has changed into it went from looking very bleak to now promising. now you can start to, like actually envision free agents looking looking at chicago as like a realistic um you know destination the in, in the coming years so yeah i mean they've done a good job but you know just being a bulls fan for most of my life i always reserve judgment until you know you see the final product and how everything because i'm pretty sure this isn't like the end-all be-all for them there's like some more moves i'm pretty sure they want to make um, that might not necessarily be this year. A huge thing is gonna be like what happens with uh when it's time to pay Zach, like what they do then. Uh, but for right now, I would give them an
0: A. I mean, I guess, you know, the residue of guard packs that they can always point to is that we made the right move, moving Jimmy Butler and having Zach Levine in that's trade mm-hmm. as it stands now. You know, hindsight is 2020 as always, but You know, moving forward, that's one of the biggest decisions, right? Like, do we max out Zach? Do we give him the max? And then what other things need to be done to build around this team? Uh, How is Patrick Williams going to continue to develop? Are we expecting him to be the number two on a championship squad, or is he going to be just that ancillary, ancillary piece, that youngster that we can depend on? Kind of like the role, I guess, that Kawhi played early on in his career for the Spurs. You know, when you had Jinobi, you had the big three with Tim Duncan, Lee, and uh, Tony Parker. So there they put themselves in a very advantageous position, you know, to have some room coming up cap wise in the next two or three years, to have a young core that they can really mess around with, you know, if they if they can use Kobe White possibly in a trade, you know, moving forward to get somebody to add somebody to the squad. So, you know, I give them an A as well. I think they've done a very good job in a short span, and uh, I'm excited. Give me one thing. and I know, like you said, it's just a preseason. We don't know how this, everything's going to play out in the regular season. If there's one thing about this team that you can hang your hat on, what would it be? And I, I'll jump out there first. I think I'm pretty sure that this team is going to be a top 10 team in free throw attempts. I feel pretty comfortable about that with the players that they have. Because Vooch and Zach both got to the free throw line a lot when they played together towards the end of last season. When you add DeMar DeRozan, someone who gets to the free throw line, and uh, some of the other players that they have, young aggressive players, I think they'll be top 10 in free throw attempts, which bodes well that they can shoot it well at a 70% clip. Um, I think there might be a top 10 offensive
1: team, too. I think they're gonna score a lot of points, a whole lot of points. Um, I mean, and if they if they don't, they're gonna shoot for it. You know what I'm saying? You gonna Zach gonna get his attempts, uh, you know, DeMar DeRozan gonna get his attempts, is gonna get his attempts. Um, and you know, and the way Lonzo pushes the ball and sees the floor, you know, I I think they're gonna be a I think they definitely gonna be a
2: high scoring team for, uh for most of the season. I'll probably get them top ten in offense. Um well I mean, I, I agree with both of those premises. I do think they'll be a lot better defensively. Uh, the one, Once again, it's the Cavs, and, you know, a lot of coaches are trying to work things in. Uh, but what I saw from just that first game is, like, communication. You know, even on, like, backdoor cuts, things like that, having Lonzo, um, you know, just he's calling out things, Vooch is calling out things. There's just a lot better communication on that side of the floor and I mean that's it's one thing to do that you know during the preseason but it also looks like that has been a focus you know in training camp where you see guys like calling out things and just a little attention to details I see them being a lot better uh, defensively than the years past
1: see that's the part of the that's the part of it I'm not sold on because Billy Donovan you know that team in Oklahoma City wasn't great defensively um, he doesn't have a lot of defensive players like Zach just doesn't guard anybody. He won't guard anybody. Um, and I mean, I, I know Pat Williams will, Vooch, uh, yeah, he doesn't really guard anybody either. Like it's it's hit or miss on the defensive side. I think I think they could probably. I mean, if they get guys, to, if Donovan could come up with a scheme and they can, he can get guys to buy into it, then I think it would work. But like individually. I mean, the only thing Lonzo really does, he got great hands, great anticipation, he gets fast, like he gets a lot of steals, but his man could cook him, like, every night. Like, he's giving up a bunch of points. So
0: that remains to be seen. Yeah, I, it's, it's definitely a lot of people are expecting Alice Caruso to be this defensive stopper, too. And, you know, if you watched any of the Lakers last year, you saw him get cooked
2: over and over. I don't even know
0: where that came uh, from. Like, Yeah. Like, me,
2: I, I, like... I just think it's with him, like, when you're playing hard, because we really don't see a lot of guys, a lot of things look effortless, but with him, you actually see, like, oh, that dude is playing hard because he's red in the face and things like that. I think that's where that comes from, but, like, I, I don't... We get cooked. Yeah, I don't think he's this defensive stopper. (laughs) Like, what are we talking about? Say he's red because he's getting cooked. Yeah. I just high energy. He's a high energy player. So, like, a lot of the stuff he does, it looks like he's going out there and playing hard, which I'm sure he is. But, yeah, defensive stopper, who really is in the league really anymore? Like, everybody's, you know, going to get buckets scored on him.
0: It's interesting because the landscape of the East definitely has gotten a lot more interesting, I would say, in the last two or three years, right? I would say three years ago, the East was really dull, not a lot of depth. And now when you look at it, I did uh, get an opportunity to look at Orlando playing Boston the other night. And by the mm-hmm. way, BC, your boy, he looks really good. Who that okay, called? Oh Anthony looks mm-hmm. Really good, and they've been playing Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs together. I
2: don't know how that's going. To yeah, work. that's not going to work. But yeah,
0: no, it it it, it was working because Cole has improved his spot up shooting. Yeah, Cole is small. Like yeah, defensively like, it definitely yeah, it, it might be hard. Be, but offensively, like in certain spots, like towards the end of the game when they have one possession, when they're trying to score. I watched it for a short short spurt, and I was like, yo, this is really interesting because both of these guys can't create, and both of them can shoot, but so you really can't come off of either one. And surprisingly, Cole was the one with the ball in his hands more.
2: What do they do when Markel Fultz gets back? Yeah, yeah. So they do have a
0: log jam at the point guard position. But Markel is always injured, though. And, and he about to have another address. You like think at so? That point,
1: yeah, I think I think they locked in the cold. And obviously, you know, they just drafted Jalen Sugg. So there's no, I mean, Markel Fultz is redundant. And that's on top of the fact that he is not the player he was when he was coming out of Washington. So wow. I mean, at that point, you know, you could probably just move on from him. I mean, they yeah.
0: basically drafted
1: over him anyway.
0: To circle back. To what I was really trying to get at, just mentioning Orlando, I was like, yo, they have a lot of young talent. They're probably about a year or two away. I'm looking at Jalen Brown, who every year, before I remember the first night we saw him step on the floor at the United Center, we were sitting there saying, okay, this kid has a chance. And he continues to get better. uh, Jason Tatum is the one everybody talks about. But really, you know, him not being there in the playoffs and being hurt, even though they really had no chance against Brooklyn, You know, you saw how much he was missed on both ends of the court. So, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how they look. Um, Al Horford goes back there. Dennis Schroeder, the biggest, dumbest move of free agency. If all reports are true, you know, turning down money and ending up with the Boston Celtics. Talking about Philadelphia, we'll get to them and Ben Simmons in a moment. Talk about Milwaukee defending champions. And then Atlanta, I mean, just the depth of the East from a talent standpoint is vastly improved from what yeah, it was two yeah. years ago. So even though the Bulls roster has gotten better, it's just not automatic that they're just gonna move up in the conference. Yeah, the
1: East, the East definitely isn't top heavy anymore. I think the talent is and you know the competition that these teams are gonna bring is kind of yeah. spread out. So, I mean, we're looking at at least eight, nine, ten teams deep, you know, in terms of, you know, teams that will not necessarily saying that they're going to make playoffs, but they're going to give other teams a good run for their money because they have the talent. So, and that's kind of what you want where as opposed to if it just me, you know, one or two teams at the top and then everybody else playing, like all these teams really have a legitimate shot of, you know, making it, making the playoffs and making it tough for somebody if they get in there.
2: Yeah, that's what I see. Um, Like, just when you go to, even if you go to like the Hornets, uh, the Knicks, Atlanta Hawks, there really aren't too many teams you can say in the East anymore. Like, okay, this is a night off. You know, we can go out, you know, and do what we want. Like, you really have to lock in each each night, which is a good thing, you know, across the league because you're getting more competitive games as opposed to one team just coming in kind of lackadaisical and still, you know, beating the team by like 15 yeah so as far as the Eastern
0: Conference or just the NBA at large, give me the team or players like you're really looking forward to watching or seeing like what they did over the summer and what they're gonna come back with in their bag or is this team for real? was last season a fluke? are they gonna take another step forward like who's getting the who's getting the extra time on your league pass? Oh, uh, man,
1: I don't even know who on the rosters. Like, I got to actually go across and just look because it's like I ain't really been – like, I haven't really been too locked into the season yet. Like, I just realized the other day we was already having preseason
0: games. Yeah.
1: Um, But, I mean, the obvious would, you know, clearly would be the Lakers um, just with, you know, everything that they got going on over there. Um, you know, you want to see how that comes together and if it's – going to be good as it looks on paper. Uh, the Brooklyn situation is another one. Um, you know, and a lot of that just kind of hinges on Kyrie and, you know, how to address that. Uh, I am looking forward to watching the Hawks and also the Knicks. Um, I, think, I think Tibbs is <sighs> It seems like Tibbs has these guys ready to kind of take that next step, you know, and, and and I know how good of a coach he is. I'm a big fan of Tibbs. So, I mean, those are the, those are the situations I'm really looking at. Um, you know, I definitely want to see what's up with the Lakers. Um, you know, the Brooklyn situation is going to be intriguing all year. And the Knicks,
0: you know, obviously the Bulls, just to, you know, see how that shakes out. Yeah, you talk about the Knicks. It was very interesting with uh, d Rose and uh kimball walker reminiscing on media day d rose's senior year his only loss was at msg for mm-hmm. a team led by kimball walker so mm-hmm. you know just the fact that they had that memory and they were able to laugh about it and share that and have that connection up uh, defensively tibbs and the knicks are going to be locked in right you, you see it all over i don't know nicks fans are expecting rj bear to make this huge leap to become like this all-star and, you know, they throw stats, and it's like, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see him being the number two. You know, when the chips are down, I think Tibbs gives the ball to Derek before he gives the ball to R.J. Barrett and the clutch. And, C4, before you answer the question, I'm going to go players. I came away impressed, especially towards the end of last season, with the top two rookies. And I really want, I, man, especially the way Anthony Edwards came on. I'm oh, really yeah. Forward, I forgot
1: about
0: him. I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, will it become like a Stephon Marbury KG situation in Minnesota where Anthony Edwards wants to be the guy, even though, you know, Minnesota already has that guy and cat. And, oh, they don't want to it. He is the guy. Yeah. Yeah. He is a guy in Minnesota. You think so? Already? Oh, uh, No question. All right. No, question. I, I'm no looking, question. I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings to the table and what he adds to his back. He already has the confidence. And then, of course, LaMelo Ball. I'm just looking forward to seeing, you know, how his game evolves and, uh, you know, if that strip of time works for him. You know,
1: Charlotte, I think – No, it's not Charlotte. I think they probably top two, three cities with strip clubs per capita. I know Tampa, for a fact, is number one, but I know Charlotte is in, like, the top five.
0: Right. It's a bad place to have a young team. (laughs) So, yeah, those, those two guys are really who I'm watching. And you could throw Wiseman in there because Golden State is now fully healthy. He's back healthy. Just seeing how Steve Kerr is going to implement him and what they do uh, next great month. That that should be interesting as well.
2: What about c 4 I think for me, um, you know, just in terms of players, uh, Rob Morant, um, Hmm. easily as I've been watching for the last um, two years, Um, you know, that means leadership. Yeah, man, that Memphis team is – that's a team that you really – you don't want to play against because none of those dudes care at all like who who you are, and they're going at your neck. So I love that, you know, about them. They might be like one of like the grittiest teams like in the league. When you look at them, you got Jaron Jackson. Did they they take a step
0: back? I mean, Jaron Jackson's coming back healthy. Did they take a step back from a roster standpoint, like moving Valachunas?
2: I don't think so. Okay. Gives those other young guys like man. They got some they got some athletes.
0: Malatune has meant a lot though. Yeah. Down there. Physicality, yeah. control the paint, rebounding.
2: Yeah. But they got um uh what's his name? Um Jesus Christ, I forget this dude's name. Um it'll come to me, but yeah, John- Not X Tillman. No, no. Oh, um uh, Brandon Clark. We got Clark, somebody else that I'm forgetting right now, I can't put a name to it. Is it uh Steven Adams over there, right? Yeah, Stephen Adams, Steven Adams. Yeah, Steven Adams is he right. in Memphis? I didn't know, yeah, that. yeah, yeah that was great. a trade, yep. Uh, but yeah, job, uh, Ben Simmons, definitely. I'm looking forward to seeing like what happens with that mm-hmm. situation. Um, hey, Cunningham in Detroit, he's gonna have a ball in his mm-hmm. hand. I'm also looking forward to seeing. What happens with this Kyrie situation? Um, just because I think they're a team that's pretty much, they would be the odds on favorite if everything was going right. But with this situation, you have a very headstrong guy who has his own beliefs. this like, is not going to fold. Yeah, it's like, does the team, do that? you try and accommodate that? Or do you like, all right, bro, well, we respect your decision, but we got to move on. Over here, we can't have that type of like inconsistency throughout the season because not only is he missing like what 43 games, but then you got to take into account what happens if he gets injured, yeah. you know, with his history and things like that. So it's almost when you're trying to win a championship, you everybody has to be on the same page, everybody has to be locked in. And if you got one guy, you know, who pretty much has one foot in, one foot out, you can't really ride with that, especially with. You know the injury history of these guys, so those are like the players I'm looking forward to seeing what Kyle happens. Kyrie can
0: stand to miss like what potentially 50 games. 50 games, yeah. And then we don't know how things move. We don't know if localities change rules as things change throughout the season and, and maybe become more stringent, like San Francisco. I, mean, I think it's going to go the other way, but I know we're going to get into that later. I don't, I don't see this being like
1: sustainable. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So I'm now that you mention those guys, you talk about the rookies, and this rookie class. There's a lot of losses that's getting ready to come down in Houston, but Kevin Porter and Jalen Green are going to be fun to watch.
2: Yeah, it's just what you
0: gonna do with John Wall?
2: <laughs> yeah, ho- hopefully they're fun. They're they're gonna be fun to watch, but it's just like when you got two guys like vying for like just having the ball in their hands
0: yeah
2: it's just like that's it. and then you got josh christopher on the bench eric gordon is still over there i forgot he was still over there it's just like i'm trying to figure out what that's that's not exactly the best town to have a lot of young cats <laughs> yeah, yeah not exactly my exactly my point is yeah like, who's the they got to get like at least two solid vets over there just to like make sure everybody is like doing what they need to do to make sure the focus is like hey go out and have your fun but like i said houston is one of those cities that you know could you know swallow like kids 19 that, to that 19 through 23 range. they could swallow them up if you don't have like the right type of leadership on that roster and i don't know if john wall is even are they allowing them around the team or it's just yeah, he much. was on the
1: bench the other night, or right. actually last night when he played, but
0: they still trying to work out a deal where they can you know get uh, out of able
2: there. Able to move him, but
0: <laughs> let man let's go um, ahead and, and switch to the Kyrie Brooklyn net situation. Uh perfect segue. You just brought that up. C4 and C4, you do a lot of writing and have a lot of conversations with athletes and talking about health and Working out, how to take care of themselves. You know, how do you think? Because I think a lot of guys, for a lot of different reasons, have gone ahead and just kind of yielded to going ahead and getting the vaccination to be able to play and to secure uh, their finances and their salaries. But overall, how many athletes in general do you think kind of have the same mentality that Kyrie Irving might have, especially minorities?
2: I think I think fairly like mostly all all of the guys if you haven't had a lot of these guys have had family members impacted by you know covid you go to Carl Anthony Town who lost his mother you know from complications from covid it's it's been like a weird it's been a subject i tried to stay away from because i was one who like waited to the last minute to get vaccinated because i wanted to make sure i did all of my research the thing with these guys that I can see why people would be upset with them is because they have the access to the best medical, best healthcare, the best information, but you know you're still you're trying to get a guy to put something in his body and he's thinking, well, what happens in 15 to 20 years? And that's understandable. Um but I think all of these guys literally that's anybody you look at the communities these guys are coming from. We don't really have trust in, you know, medicine like that. Right. In with, especially with how fast this vaccine came, uh, came up. But I think most guys had those um, those thoughts, those doubts. I mean, a lot of them have like um, intimate those like LeBron voiced like his thought process. Uh, Andrew Wiggins just uh, recently got vaccinated and he like voiced his concerns about I think everybody had those uh, concerns, but it's one of those situations now where you really, all of these employ, employers are mandating that this happens. So, I mean, if you want to continue playing basketball, I guess you got to do it. Yeah, you know, by myself personally, man, I
0: <laughs> went ahead and did it immediately, but I had something uh, that was pertinent that kind of pushed me over the edge, mm-hmm. you know, that was very personal to so, say, you know what, I might have taken a little bit more time to think about it, but because of this reason, I have to do it, you right. know, And so, you know, I made that choice, but I totally I'm in agreement with all the players taking that time and doing the research. C4, you've been at the forefront voicing your opinion about, I guess, the other side kind of bullying those that have chosen to take their time and might not be vaccinated at this time. And speaking out and saying, yo, man, be cool and just allow people to have their own outlook and the ability to make their own decision based upon the information that they have at hand.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's this stuff is turning definitely political. The thing with the the Kyrie situation, I mean, he came out and said he doesn't want it to be a distraction. It's like, yo, how how do you know? not? Be. Yeah, like, like yo, you're in the media capital of the world. You're on a you're one of the biggest names in the league. Yeah. You're on the team with one of like the star star heaviest rosters. How is this not a distraction, yo? These. Your team is going to be asking questions about you all year long. So I don't know. It's just a tough situation for those guys to be in. Um, I don't know what his thought process is because he really hasn't uh, been vocal about it. Um, he wanted everybody to respect his privacy, but um, I don't know. It's just a weird situation. It's a weird times to be in because – I can understand like these are guys think about the last time these guys have been told you need to do this or you can't do this. Like that plays a part in it too. So like now you're, you're going to try and force me to do something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a lot that goes into play with that, but that's one of the situations where I'm like, you know, what is, what does he do? Like, does he, he's not going to give in a peer pressure. Like he's going to have to come understand the. For himself like do i want to do this for myself or you know i mean is this the end is this the end of kyrie and the nba man
1: man for me like i just listen i'm with anybody who doesn't feel like they have to be forced or coerced to do something that they don't want to do we've never been in a time where people say you can't go in this restaurant if you ain't took this shot or you can't go in this gym or you can't go in this arena or you can't go to work and to me that whole thing is suspect i think i think what chris said is very very important It's, it's a very political issue you know i live in the south right so they're they're not mandating anything around here but i noticed in all of the liberal cities you know and and basically people who who identify liberally, democratic, they all with it. Um, You know, a lot of people who, you know, identify with conservatives, you know, Republican, a lot of them have taken the shots, but they're not with the mandates. Um, And I think when you remove, when you basically tell people that they they no longer have autonomy over their body, you know, and, and when you remove personal choice, that I have a problem with. I'm not saying that the pandemic isn't real. Obviously, we know it's real. We know people that died. I have people in my own family that died. But I think now what's being what's being pushed is not medical science or education. It's fear, you know. And 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 it's, it's 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 a lot of bullying going on. So I'm not with that. I definitely don't agree with that. You know, if you haven't taken a shot, that's your business. If you took it, that's your business too. Um, you know, at the end of the day, just like with anything else. You know, it's going to come down to a personal decision. I just don't like the way it's being sold. I don't like the way it's being pushed. I had a big problem with that. Um, Kyrie, not going to fold, like I said earlier. He he will probably walk away from basketball before yeah. they make him do something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not like an Andrew Wiggins. You know, Andrew Wiggins is, you know, he, he succumbed to the pressure, you know, for whatever, you know, for whatever reason. But Kyrie, it's not going to happen. The other thing is we don't know how many players in the league aren't vaccinated. You know, we know Bradley Beal is another one. I don't think he's going to fold either. So um, I think ultimately these mandates are not going to work. I think that I think it's just a thing that's going to blow up in people's faces, particularly when you start looking at the fact like forget these basketball players. You got cops that don't want to take the vaccine. You got firemen that don't want to take the vaccine. You got to. You yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And these people are being fired you know they're being forced out and it's just an unsustainable situation like you can't you can't operate like that you cannot eliminate basically half of your profit center. you can't do that it just mathematically it doesn't make sense so i me personally i see a shift coming you know probably sooner rather than later but they start walking back some of these things um because it's gonna you know it's it's gonna start affect industry it's gonna start affect business you know you're not gonna be able to get things so uh, the whole thing has has to me started out about health and now it's become very almost exclusively political and for somebody like myself who's not very political at all like I see through the BS and you can't
0: get me with so yeah you're right man it's gotten to the point where the state of Illinois, I think, over the last ten years, has lost close to uh, one point two million people and population right. in the state, and they've taken this opportunity to go and take shots at a state like Texas, that has tried to take autom- autonomy over bodies with the abortion law and with the mandates and the way they're going and the way the uh, coronavirus rate has risen in the state of Texas. They've actually, the state of Illinois, is actually taking out ads. And Texas newspapers trying to invite people to come back to Illinois because I, of this. I mean, look, the virus has been like it's been red hot in the South. I can't even
1: front like yeah. Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida. Red hot. You know what I'm saying? But you know, at the same time, what I do respect is again, you know, I could, you know, I could do without all the racism and all the history of the South. Don't get me wrong about that. But what I do respect is the fact that, yo, like people aren't not being forced to do anything. They are still being given the choice. Now that could be good, it could be bad. You know, I mean, I personally still wear my mask when I go out, I see people who don't wear their mask, but that don't bother me. I ain't got no problem with that. If I got my mask on, that's cool. That's my personal choice to protect myself. I'm with that. But, you know, and if you mandate it in your store, I'm cool with that too. But I mean, you talking about putting something in your body that you can't get out once it's in there. And I think that, I think that changes the whole conversation, at least for me it does.
0: I will say this, as we get ready to switch over to the Ben Simmons and Philadelphia 76ers situation, uh, Mark Spears really brilliant piece, the way he approached the Kyrie Urban situation. uh, His concern was Kyrie, you were one of the creators of this situation. Like, you convinced KD to come to Brooklyn with you. You were going to make the move. You convinced KD. Now, that's not fair. That's not fair. No, it, he wasn't saying. He was just saying you have to look at it like, man, this is something else that, that's probably on Kyrie's mind. And like you said, Kyrie's the type of dude where he probably doesn't care about that as well. But it's like, man, you know, you kind of caused this to happen. And well, now, he didn't cause the
1: pandemic, though. That changed everything. Oh,
0: absolutely. That changed everything. He had, he had he had nothing to do with that everybody. he had nothing to do with
1: the vaccine he had nothing to do with the mandate so i think you have to separate that stuff right at yeah. least for me i can like you have to these are two completely different situations but i mean that this is an obstacle that Kyrie feels is in his way that wouldn't have been that wasn't there 18 months ago this is getting set up so it's like you can't you should, there should always be room for readjustment and reevaluation. And I think that's what's gotten lost. And I think, and, 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 and a lot of smart people, you know, Mark Spears, Vince Goodwill, that's my guy. He wrote something I didn't, you know, I didn't completely agree with either. But, you know, I'll, I'll leave it at this. If there is a chance or if any situation where risk is involved, the personal
0: choice has to be allowed. C4, anything
2: else? No, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I agree with all of that. It's one of those situations where just having conversation with people where it's just like another thing that, you know, d- is dividing people. You know, we're looking at these anti-vaxxers like, you know, like they're in the wrong, anti-vaxxers are looking at us the wrong way. It's just like it's, it really makes no sense. It all comes down to choice. I mean, educating yourself. um thoroughly and not you know just going to social media to get your information but actually you know talking to your doctor talking to physicians and things like that but at the end it's like it's all political you know at the end of the day and I agree with BC like once you take personal choice out of things like that's where like a line has to be drawn for a lot of people and I'm pretty sure that's at the forefront of Kyrie's thinking he's like yo I don't want to Put something in this is my livelihood this is how i make my money like i don't trust it like you know we should at least have some room to respect that but i mean unfortunately you know it's a business at the same time that business doesn't stop for one person either so um just in his in his situation i love seeing kyrie play um so i hope something can be worked out but just looking at knowing a little bit about you know how he thinks and how he goes about business I see this as a situation where we're hes not we not going to see him play this year because I don't think as a team you can go forward having a guy that magnitude, you know, that has that type of gravity around him. You can't have him halfway in, halfway out. It's kind of unfair to the other guys on the team, and it kind of puts you at a disadvantage in terms of, like, a chemistry standpoint.
0: Yeah, as a whole, I hope we continue to have respect for one another. And I think one of the things that people forget is that agreement is a powerful thing, but in order to have agreement, you don't necessarily have to see things the same way. That's true. You know, at what the end of the day, no real. matter what side you're on, everybody in this fight wants to be healthy. Like, there's nobody in this fight that does not want to live. Exactly. That does not want to be healthy. You know. You know. Here's the funniest thing that I I
1: distinctly remember because, like I said, I'm not political at all. I pay attention to everything. Um, the same people that's for the vaccine now was very much against with it when Trump was in office. They wasn't with it. So Soon now... Flip,
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, this that, is what I noticed. That's just another political side. Exactly. Ben Simmons has only received 25% of his salary. He was supposed to receive 100% of it by November the 11th. They withheld the 25% he was supposed to receive on October the 1st and he was supposed to receive another 50% on November 11th. They are withholding that. They put it in escrow, and then they're going to be taking out a fine for each day that he has not reported to Philadelphia 76ers camp. This situation has gotten ugly. Uh, Doc Rivers uh, went on uh, national TV, I guess, trying to clean up the things that he said post-Game 7 against the Atlanta Hawks in the playoffs, and then a week later, here's Joel Embiid, which, look, I didn't have a problem with Joel Embiid and what he said. It didn't make anything better, but if you just want to know somebody just being honest about how they saw the situation and how he felt like they tried to make Ben Simmons as comfortable as anybody else on their squad over the last two or three years, and he pointed out we basically chose Ben over Jimmy Butler. Yeah. That's basically what happened. Hearing that and how forthcoming he was and how frustrated he was that Ben is just not going to show up. And BC, we're gonna get into it, but you said something in our text threads that I think is very interesting, and that is the involvement of clutch sports and this (laughs) entire thing, not just with the Ben Simmons situation, but just the NBA at large. And I want you to touch on that. But how do you think these, this thing is going to play out? Do you see Ben Ben Simmons caving in? That's a lot of money to leave on the table. And do you think he's really willing to sit out the year to force this trade? Uh, I
1: mean, I personally don't think Ben Simmons cares about anything other than himself. Um, but I, honestly, at this point, I think this is less about him as a player because we know and what he is. We know what he can do. We know what he can't do. We know what he won't do. But I do think this is an indictment on Rich Paul. And I think this is an indictment on sports. And I think he's getting very bad advice. And I think that whole entire situation in, in, in my mind amounts to this bad representation. And I think, you know, eventually it'll, you know, once LeBron stops playing, it'll dissolve you know, just like Rock Nation Sports, it's a, it's a it's a boutique shop. It's basically a fad, and the only real power that Rich Paul has is his relationship with LeBron Junkie. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And that that's how he attracts clients. Um, you know, that's how he you know has guys on his roster that he can negotiate deals for. But I think this shows a lot of and maturity on both the part of the player and the agent. Because when you know and you understand the type of reputation that your client has based on things on the court that he actually can't control, and he doesn't, you can't strong arm anybody. You can't strong arm the team he plays for. You can't strong arm whatever team you're trying to get them to because they see it. You can't even sell them on the, you know, on the fact that, oh, if you put them in a better situation, He's become. He's going to become a different player when well, he's been the same player for five years doing the same thing. So if I'm a if I'm a GM on that side, like like why am I believing this? And that's on top of the fact that the Sixers are going to want to gut your team just to get rid of him. They want all types of assets and picks and everything like that. And it's just like you can't negotiate from a position of no leverage, and they have absolutely no leverage at all. The Sixers don't have to do anything. And so I think, you know, I think this to me, this situation right here just exposes the whole clutch sports and Rich Paul situation. Forget about dude. Like it, it doesn't even really matter about him anymore. Wherever he goes, he's gonna be the same player doing the same thing. Cause that's that's who he's been since he's been in high school. Like, he's not gonna, you know, and then you gave the dude a hundred and what, $75 million? I have him once they gave him. You gave him no incentive to improve. You gave him all this money knowing he was a fantastically flawed player. He created a monster. And now that he has this money, I think that's, like I've always said, I think that's what he was in it for anyway. I don't even really think he cares. I think he's he, he's he got a Kyrie attitude, but just from a different perspective. I think Kyrie actually cares enough to stick to his conviction. I think Van Simmons was just in it for the
2: money. He got it, so he good. Yeah, it does set like a bad precedent. Uh, precedent going forward, because I just look at, you know, when the next CBA come comes up, I'm pretty sure there's going to be owners it's like, hey, we can't have nothing like this again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, bet, so you you try and hold out, your contract is voided, and then you know you do whatever you want. But I think for Ben, it's just like a it's a mentality thing. I mean, not wanting to face that heat. You know going back to philly i mean it's going to be 10 times as worse you know visiting philly now for him like on um yeah he like, can't go back there no you know? no i mean but just think of like the animosity he's going to get you know when he returns there for whatever team i do expect him to get traded possibly before like the trade deadline next year i think when uh, those guys who signed extensions um like this summer when they're eligible to be traded Like right around, I think, December 13th or 15th, that's when you'll start to see like other teams possibly biting. But I just look at what's the best situation for him. If you're Philly, you know, I want somebody at least of equal talent. And if you look across the board, even looking at Ben Simmons flaws, you look at what he is, one of the best defenders in the league, like in transition, you know, one of like the most unstoppable forces in transitions like half court needs some work but like when you look at just the talent level he's a three time all-star like who do you outside of Damian Lillard like where do you find equal value to that you can't go you can't bring on 21 23 year olds on that roster like you need somebody that's pretty much an all-star caliber player an elite all-star caliber player and somebody that's can at least put your team, if not push it over the top where Biz Simmons will have them at currently, at least of equal footing, you know, so you don't lose anything. But I mean, this situation does look bad on, you know, both player and agency because if I'm pretty sure from clutch standpoint, you go to Ben like, hey, what do you want to do? I don't want to go back there. Like, you try and empower that, but like the PR behind it is so, so bad. And then you got to bring this guy into a new situation. Like, how is that organization going to look at him now, like, when things go bad? So it's it's really tough because, you know, if he does, even if I'm a a GM of another team, like, I'm questioning this dude's mentality. It's like, yo, if things get tough here, is this guy going to – can I count on this guy? And we're paying him all this money. So it's just a very odd situation. And what he's
0: asking for, he wants to be the guy, reportedly. He wants to go to a situation where he can be the guy. And that that. kind of points the arrow to possibly uh, mid-market teams and the teams that have been mentioned as possible spots. We've heard about Indiana. We've heard about Minnesota. We've heard about Sacramento. All mid-market spots. So, as you said before, December 13th hits, and the guys that just signed their contracts become available for trade, you'll start to see a little bit more action. And this is the thing for me. If you're Minnesota, Minnesota has been probably – Mentioned more than any team. And uh Minnesota actually came out of uh clutch sports in a statement where so reportedly Ben Simmons said, I don't care if I go to Minnesota. Like, man, why are you mentioning Minnesota? You
2: know, specifically. So he's real good friends with uh cat with cat. Yeah, but and that's no, I mean if, it's if it's you nothing. are yeah, I, I, I agree with you too. I mean, that, that that's why none of it really makes, like, sense. makes sense. Like yeah. you are a cat. You know, plays pretty much a similar style like Embiid. So, it's like, he's still gonna, he's gonna get, he's gonna need the ball. Right. He's like a 1A there. I was like, so I don't know how that works out. And then, if you're Minnesota, do you trade the franchise player's best friend and um, D Do you trade him away? It's like, what a Minnesota giving away? So, right. So, like, the
0: piece, the piece you're not moving is Anthony Edwards. Exactly.
2: And, and that's, that's what you're probably ball. asking. Him.
0: Yeah. That's like if, if, Philly, if you told Philly, man, we'll do a straight-up swap. You take Anthony Edwards. Minnesota
1: not taking that.
0: Minnesota's not taking it, but Philly would be like, cool.
1: That's the thing. I mean, look, they can ask whoever. But like I said, no team is going to be willing to give up somebody who is potentially better than what they're bringing in. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you – yeah, I mean, of course they would do the – to trade straight up for Anthony Edwards but Anthony Edwards is better so I mean so that means you know if you if you're Minnesota you get worse by doing that so they they like I said you you're not negotiating from a position of like leverage like you I
0: and it's mean, not a lot of teams or situations okay see OKC,
1: man trade them straight up for Shea Gilby Salazar because it You can't sit, look. Well, OKC. One thing you can't do,
0: OKC. One thing you can't do, you
1: cannot send him to a situation. Yeah. There's expectations of winning. Mm -hmm. You can't send him to a situation. You can't send him to a team that is one piece away. You can't even really send him to a contender. Like, he has to be someplace where there's no expectations.
0: And, like you said, OKC has the collection of picks to be able to make a pick heavy deal. To yeah,
2: entice yeah, you got Joel and but B. Shade
0: would be a good piece coming back. Yeah, you put Shade with piece. The bias. great that's, piece. That's I mean, you could put piece. dude in OKC, and we could forget about because ain't nobody gonna pay attention to it. And honestly, let's look at it the way the league is looking at this thing, they know he wants out. So, I mean, Philly's probably gonna end up getting 50 cents on the dollar anyway.
2: I don't know. Not with Daryl Morey there. Like, if it was any other team, I would say they would just, you know, all right, let's see how much we can get for them and then pick the highest one. Okay. I think Philly pretty much has got their feet like dug into the sand too. Like, this is what we want. Unless you're bringing like a Damian Lillard over there, possibly. they can't expect that. Though. They can't. Yeah, they can't expect that. You know, That's I reasonable if, if this is your team, why can't you expect that? Because though? you're not gonna get it. You can, yeah. want, you, you can yeah. want whoever you can want yeah. whoever, but I'm not. Somebody, I think this is all about this is both like an ego thing now to where it's gotten to the point. I'm not about to let you got four years on your deal left. I'm not about to send you someplace else and take back pennies on return. I think it's it's going to get to that point now where like, hey, if we can't get this, fine. You could you can stay at home. You're not getting paid. They should just do it for a salary
1: dump honestly i mean because i mean i know they got championship expectations and they technically are contender, even though i don't actually believe that um they have to they have to lower their expectations too because they're not sending away like somebody who has a high reputation in the league right now like and they're not sending away somebody who even from a talent standpoint i mean yeah you talk about his defense and everything like that i still don't really see it but whatever i mean but the, he doesn't really what does he bring to your team and like you said other than a problem all the way around because like you said if it gets tough is he gonna quit is he gonna want to check out is he gonna go in his little room and just play video games all day like what is he gonna do like, you are inheriting a problem you're not getting somebody that
0: beyond paper is an actual asset to your team so c4 for you the composition of a deal are you saying that daryl Morey wants to get back players not just picks but the players he wants should be equal to that player that he's given up and that's what he's looking for
2: absolutely when, if, yeah, I got, if i got a guy that's a three-time all-star that's i'm paying 170 something he's got four years left on this deal and we already we have we were what one possibly one play away from forcing the game seven with um, you know Atlanta and then getting to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Like, yo, I want somebody who can at least like kind of put us over the top, or at least you know have us right along the he same wants a point team. guard. That's what he wants. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. He you want, want a point guard. There's there's only two guys I can think of right now that you want. You either want a guy like Bradley Beal there, or you want Damian Lillard there. That's why I say you can go get Shay and meet in the middle.
0: I mean... It's
1: basically the same, except Shea gonna play hard, and I think he's
0: better. He got a higher ceiling. I guess... Well, no, there's no way Washington sends him over to Philly straight up. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Not Bradley Beal for Ben Simmons. I wouldn't. So that means Philly would have to send something else.
2: But that's the that's where it's gonna come down, <laughs> You know what I'm saying?
0: They would yeah. have to add Maxi and like probably another. That's you know what pick. I'm saying. They I, they're not
1: gonna they're not they're gonna be unwilling to give up anything except one player. Yep. You're not getting no extra player. You're not getting no picks. Yeah. This is who you get. That's
0: it. What about if you're Sacramento and Philly says, "Yo, give us the Aaron Fox." You take that. But Ben Ben Simmons straight up.
2: You take that. I would take that straight up think that could work from a financial standpoint. St- financial, st- oh yeah, I think that could work. I it would be interesting.
0: That. Ben Simmons, uh, Sacramento would be his squad. You he, he can send him over there and forget about him too. You still have Halliburton, yeah. you know, there they can play the one and the two, and uh Buddy Hill is still there. Yeah, and
1: they're not going to win. <laughs> That's it. That's what I'm telling you. Like you know, I've been here to talk about Golden State and no, all that. You can't send that dude there.
0: No, you're gonna. You're no. gonna, you're gonna wreck Expectations that. are you're too high. That.
1: Yeah, and you're gonna wreck the momentum.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Thank you for joining us for the first episode of this year. Snaps and sneaks on A2S Network. We are available on our YouTube channel, which is A2S Network, and also Apple Podcast. Just search A2S Network, and all of our previous content in this episode will be right. There, uh on the way out, DeAndre Ayton. You guys shocked that Phoenix kind of said no to the max. I'm not. Nope. I'm not so. I'm not so don't do it anyway. I haven't um,
2: been. I'm not shocked just because of like their reputation for like paying guys. I think you know he's deserving, deserving like of a of a max. Just looking at that organization can get guys there. It's not a free agent destination. I think you have you have to take care. Of your own, I mean, especially after, like, the sacrifices that guy made individually last season to basically, you know, help the way the team played. So, not surprised to just, you know, they got Robert Sarver over there, and notorious for not, you know, they didn't have a problem throwing to that book. Or, or Chris Ball, which is crazy. It's like, yo, you just re up Chris Ball, who's going to be yeah. like, what, 41 at the end of this deal, or at least close to it? So it doesn't surprise me, but it'll be interesting to see how that impacts the season because, I mean, I'm pretty sure that guy looks around and he's like, Man, Luca just got paid. Yeah, He's not on a level. I mean, and even he, on a small very, scale, very yeah. but he can he can easily say, like, dude, I helped get us to the finals. Luca no didn't. Luca has a oh come on, DeAndre definitely helped him get to that. As big as much as Chris Paul was a factor in getting that, that dude had a, had a big great win. series
0: against Denver going yeah. up. With Jokic. Look he at did. what he did
2: against. Look at what he did against Jokic. That was yeah. the MVP, against the MVP. So he's not he may not be putting up like the individual numbers you expect but that dude is a huge part of that team man what is he like 22 23 man when a guy that young kind of feels undervalued how how do you as a coach or as an organization say hey you gotta you know pretty much buy in again this year you know even without having that security and we're gonna try to run this thing back man that dude is gonna be
0: that's another task for Monty Williams who had the task of keeping them together mentally last year
2: yeah.
0: and helping them be impactful for that squad. You know, once again, that five-year 172, I mean, even in a small sample size, Denver committed that to Michael Porter Jr. Man,
1: but that's you could, yeah. as long as his back don't go out, he's going to get better. And yeah. he's going to be – I mean, that's a, you, you're talking about a dude that's an easy 25-point-a-game score in this league. With DeAndre Aiden, you gotta ask yourself, okay, yeah, you're averaging 14 and 10. But how much better are you really gonna get? Like, how much better is he really going to get? Like, do you th- do you think DeAndre Aiden could be a 20-point game scorer in this league? I don't. I think he's basically Miles Turner 2.0. That's me. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Man. So I mean, I don't I just don't see it. I don't I don't know how much better he can get even at 22. Some people day, consider Miles Turner a top 30 player. Man, all right. They can do that, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you top 30 is, that's middle of the pack, basically. Um, but, I mean, you know, and then some of the things I'm seeing them work on is, like, you know, this post-up, these step-back dribbles, all this kind of stuff like that.
0: Like, I don't know. Yeah, that team needs you to
2: be a force. They need you to be a physical force.
1: You're a physical force. You're the biggest dude on the court. You
2: want to yeah. shoot jumpers? Um, Think so. about it. How many physical forces are there in the league, like, at the at the big position? You at the big be, position? You could say Embiid, one. b Jokic.
1: Jokic. But would MB, you say – Jokic. Uh, I would say Vucevic is in there. I would say Nurkic is in there. I would say uh...
2: – Are we just talking about bigs? Yeah, and well, v- Domin- v- we're talking about dominant. Like, so you kind of got to – Toss Nurkic out of there just from a production standpoint because well physical.
0: I because you wouldn't call Zion a big, which I mean he I would he plays the four. He's played the five. He's he a center. Did.
1: But I mean that's different. That's a whole different. I'm talking about six eight, six nine, six ten, or better. Right. So yeah. at that at, at that particular size, I
2: mean that's that's not a two eighty guy either. 80, yeah. Like probably about two forty-five.
1: I don't know man like i said i'm not i'm not I'm not really sold on. Him. I don't know how much better he can get hey man, he bets on himself I mean hey. he, you, you know, know what man, you you don't even have to,
0: that's
1: the thing though you don't even have to bet on yourself. The league has basically been set up to where the market is already set. you know what I'm saying like it doesn't yeah. even matter like what you do like it, the market is set so he that's why he's looking at guys in his class that already got paid and typically before you could do that they were still paying on potential i don't know if teams are actually willing to do that anymore i think i think it should go back to getting paid for production me Man, i of. believe and i think and i think ben, i think ben simmons is the driver of that because everything he's done has been based on potential he had produced. But well, you stop making these guys earn their money instead of just giving it to them, and you change the conversation
0: a little bit. I mean, you have to blame owners as well. Because, I mean, you had to kind of take a double look this summer when Cleveland committed $100 million to Jared Allen over five years. It was like,
2: that, that's, that's another thing. Is Jared Allen better, better than DeAndre Ayton? Right. block, yeah. well, Allen's Allen, not, yeah. not
1: scoring. I think Mitchell Robinson is better than DeAndre Ayton not smart because you don't you don't you don't need unless your big man is putting up 20 points a game 20 25 points a game Only thing you really need him to do is be a rim protector, rebound shot blocker that's all you need to do
0: I mean that's if you relegate him to just pick and roll dive into the bucket then yeah I get, Giannis, what does he do Giannis, you you, Giannis is he a is Aiden doesn't get post ups so how does he get points we forgot, to mention, we forgot to mention Giannis Giannis yeah, is a physical yeah. force yeah. Down there I as mean, well. But bones, I mean, man. the way the game is played, the way the game is played, that's the cool. That's one thing I saw last night that I thought was cool. Every now and then, the Bulls can sprinkle in DeMar on the box and Vooch. Like, they have two players that they can put on the box and sprinkle that in, you know, in the midst of them running their sets, opening the court, pick and roll. Every now and then they can say, yo, that's how you win championships. So guess what happened? When you
1: get down to it, you got to be able to score that ball in the block. Yeah. you got to be able to throw the ball down inside and get something at the rim. And when you're talking about Phoenix, I think that's why they realized they probably lost that series because they had no inside presence. DeAndre Aiden can't score Mm -hmm. around the rim. He wants to shoot the mid-range jump in the long range, though. And when you get down to it, you gotta be able to have somebody who could throw the ball in the postal which go and get your bucket. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that could be a guard, that could be a guard, it could be a wing, you know what I'm saying? It could be a big it, whatever. Somebody down there got to be able to go give me the ball down here and let me go to work on
2: my man. You gotta I have just that. think as a small market team, you have to you have to pay like those guys, like the Jared Allen, the Jared Allen deal of your Cleveland, like we we have to pay him. Well, you got to spend your money on something. Exactly, too. So if you're Phoenix, like, you don't want to commit this money. But if I'm 22, you just gave, you know, a 36-year-old point guard, damn near 100 million. Like, I understand, take away Luca, take away Trey. They're guards. The ball, they dictate the game. But I was like, yo, like, look at what I did. You guys asked me to do this. I did it for the entire year. We got to the finals. And now it's a problem when I want this? Look, his number's... Just like Ben Simmons, his numbers is flat. You go look at them; they flat. Look, the it's, they got- it's the style of play. You you know who's going to have the ball. Like who's going to control and dictate? Who gets the ball in this team is going to be Book and CP. But like I said, DeAndre. When DeAndre misses time with that team, who who's your, who, who's the next guy up? Well, they, nope. I mean they small anyway. That, they, I mean, they, yeah, they, 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 they missed miss, they they Sarge. He got hurt. Mikael Bridges, like yeah. what? like if that dude gets like 18 19 a year is like that's another like like yo what's going on right like he got an extension coming up so it'll be interesting but like i said with i'm not surprised that phoenix is like it's what they've done it's crazy like um you know you signed a 36 year old point guard i got nothing but love for cp3 like but i wouldn't have gave him all that money though but that's that's the crazy part to me is like it sends a bad message to like a young, a young dude when you're like, yo, you just gave, I understand his value, but yo, 30. Well, I, I, maybe they saw CP as the reason they made it to the finals. They probably yeah, he, Huge, huge part of it. So, but, but he can look at as like, all right, he's like, all right. I, it's going to be a weird, kind of a weird season if they don't get something like that, because you know, you know how the way these dudes are wired now with this generation, like, yo, if he goes in there feeling, salty or something like that. He like, gon' he's gonna pout. He not yeah. he's already done that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you
0: know what I'm saying? He's already done it. Yeah. You know what? We can add, I think you can add book to a guy I'm looking for after that experience and sitting there and watching like the Bucks celebrate and how he just kind of like stood there like and just watching him literally mouth damn like just the feeling he had like yo I was this close like yeah I could have had it. Like if he truly has that killer in him,
2: that Kobe There's in him. There's no doubt about like no doubt about that. for that to be the the dude's first playoff run. Yeah. He did. So, yeah. I'm just glad people got to see him play on the big stage because yeah, he he basketball much watch, 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 watch TV play. Yep. All right, snapping sneaks. As
0: always, we bid you adieu. until next time. Catch us on the YouTube channel. Apple podcast we will go more in depth with the NBA preview uh, next week. Uh, opening night, I believe is the 21st October. I know the bulls open up on the road at Detroit on the 22nd. So man, the NBA season is right around the corner, right around the corner and looking forward to a, a pretty good season, man, with a lot of balance and a lot of talent and a lot of good games. So, for my wingman, Chris Casen, Brian Crawford, Sean Davis, man, thanks for joining us on this episode of and Sneaks.